We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the new episode of Home Visit with Tyler Siski and the Associates coming to you live from San Antonio, Texas, uh, site of the AFCA convention. It is Tuesday. Wanted to wait an extra day to tape uh, so we could watch the championship game last night and discuss that. Um, but we're going to talk to you a little about the AFCA convention, what goes on, uh, give the fans kind of insight of what actually happens down here. Uh, we're also today going to talk about the college football playoff committee, uh, the big meeting they had yesterday in Indianapolis and really what didn't come out of it uh, more than anything, but it kind of got covered up in the news cycle of the game. Um, also, we'll talk. the first numbers are starting to come out about how actually the transfer portal is affecting high school recruiting, which I think is something that's got to be addressed, which we'll talk about. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the coaching carousel as far as how the NFL had Black Monday yesterday, a lot of the NFL coaches getting fired, how that affects college and vice versa. Um, also, I want to talk a little bit about NIL and recruiting, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, about players in the portal, out of the portal, and so on and so forth with the NIL money. And then we're going to finish this thing up, talk about the championship game last night and thoughts and uh, just what a great game. If you watched it, I'm, I'm sure you did. If you're listening to this podcast, and imagine you did watch the game. Uh, great game, and we'll talk a little bit about that. All right, we're going to start this bad boy off with the AFCA convention. Uh, we're down here in San Antonio. Uh, came down here with uh, our college product that we're selling to the university's Quick U. Um, it was well worth the trip. Um, got a bunch of new schools added. Uh, was just very um, excited to get that. And, get, and as we're getting started, and you know, we're less than a year into this thing, and adding a bunch of schools and all the positive feedback we got. Probably the best feedback we got is that. We had, you know, some schools as we rolled it out in the fall, a lot of schools that were using it in the fall, their coaches have left and gone to other places and now they're getting it. So that's always exciting. You know, you got something good there. So, um, but the, the convention, you know, I've come for you know, 20 years or so. Um, I think the only few I miss is uh, when I was at Alabama and we were either in games or whatever. And then when you know, my child was born, but besides those, I've pretty much been to uh, the rest of them for at least a couple of days. And it's just good. 
it's a good chance to catch up with buddies that you work with um, previous or you have relationships with. When you get my age, when you've been doing it for a long time, it's more of seeing old buddies um, that you have missed and you don't get a chance to see them a lot, you know. So it's always good catching up, um, get to see guys I GA'd for back in the day, the guys I coached with maybe 10, 12 years ago. It's just a good time to catch up and, you know, kind of reconnect with, with buddies. A lot of young coaches, a lot of high school coaches here, uh, trying to get either in the business or network and uh, learn, you know, connect with people that can help them move along in the profession. I think it's a great, a great deal that the AFCA has always done. I think the AFCA has done a fabulous job everywhere they've ever been uh, with this, and it, it and it goes from city to city to city. I think next year is in Charlotte. Don't don't shoot the messenger if it's wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's in Charlotte next year. So if you're a coach out there or trying to get in the business, it's a great place to network and great place to meet people. And uh, I'm just excited to be something that's always a good trip uh, for any coach in the in the business at any level. And uh, you'll really learn a lot of ball if that's what you want to do. You're going to get out of it what you want to get out of it. So, um, But it's really a good trip, and I highly recommend it for any young coach that's uh, listening. The one thing I want to talk about, this is so now this is the first time I've been to the convention, I guess, on the vendor side. So now I, I have a product. Um, and so we had a booth. OK. And, and going through this process and we have a ton of coaches listening. So I'm going to share some information that blew my blew my mind. OK, so I lear- I've been learning a lot um, from the from the vendor side as we've been doing this. And um, I've definitely learned my lesson this time. So. The booth has a nice little fee to get a booth. I'm okay with that. Okay. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, the AFCA is getting a chunk out of this. Well, that's not really the case. So, you know, the booth price was very steep. Okay. And I was okay with that. I get it. And it was like, hey, we get one client. It's well worth the trip. And and we did. So it was great. Okay. We're good there. All right. But so I'm assuming we had a little, basically a 10 by 10 space. Okay. 10 feet by 10 feet space, very small. Okay. And I'm assuming with the rather large price that we paid for that 10 by 10 piece of concrete uh, inside that massive room, that that may come with some table and chairs or something, you know, to, you know, just to sit in or whatever. Oh no. So I get there, um, had no idea. I'm, I'm like a rookie. I didn't know people were, it was kind of funny. It was actually kind of fun to be a rookie again and not know anything. So they were like, yeah, you go to um, this company. It's called Freeman was the name of the company, Freeman. So I'm going to make sure I get the name of the company right so I don't tick anybody off. But the company name was Freeman. You go down there, and I'm like, and you can get tables and chairs, whatever. Okay, awesome. So I go down there, and I was like, you know, talked about chairs, whatever. And I said, I need uh, eight chairs, okay? And they're like, okay, that, that's, a hundred, that's $102.50. Great, okay? You know, running recruiting, you have to rent chairs and tables and things like that all the time. So I'm not foreign to understand what the market is for uh, tables and chairs. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, 102. I said, 102.50. I said, that's not bad for eight chairs. Like, oh, no, it's $102.50 per chair to rent for two days. So for $102.50, you get a fold out chair. Um, for the the convention, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I thought it was a joke. I said, what about a table with a cloth on it? And that was going to run us right around $280 for 
for a six foot table with a tablecloth on it. Okay. Now, mind you, you could go to a store and buy five tables forever for the same price, but for two days, $280. Um, and it does not stop there. So you need a little piece of carpet there, right? So that little piece of carpet, and I'm talking about indoor, outdoor, the cheapest carpet that you could possibly imagine that's used, it's been stepped on, everything else. That piece of carpet, $680. $680 for a 10 by 10 piece of carpet that you could just stand on and where it doesn't look janky. But it doesn't stop there. Then you have to pay another fee for the padding to go under the carpet. So you're up to about a thousand bucks for a 10 by 10 piece of carpet. You can damn near carpet your entire house, but it doesn't stop at the carpet. So then you have to get, obviously we're a web-based company. So in order to demonstrate our product, we need internet access. So I look at, they, they have this sheet and I'm looking at it and the internet access goes through like a different company that you have to call and get set up. So I'm thinking like, okay, and they got all these numbers down there and all that stuff. I said, look, I said, I don't want any issues. I mean, I'm always the guy that when I was running recruiting or anything, I didn't want to let 10 bucks get in the way of me. You know, if I was in recruiting or trying to sell a kid or whatever I was trying to do, I'm not letting $10 or, or anything get in the way of, you know, having a good experience or making it as, as good as it could be. And so I said, I know I look at the internet speeds and look, I'm not an internet guy. I don't understand all the speeds and all that stuff, but it it was the fastest package, but it was, they were all to, there together. Okay. So to get internet connection was $300 per device that you used for an internet password, 300 bucks for two days, 300 bucks. Okay. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So then I actually did get that. And when I got it, it was so slow that it wouldn't even load Google. So for 300 bucks, you got an internet password that Wi-Fi was so slow that it wouldn't even load Google on your normal deal. So I'm not going to be able to use that, right? So we had to come up with some alternate plans. All right. And it doesn't stop there. To use the power, they had it like basically a long extension cord. To be able to plug up to use power, 200 bucks. All right. And then... If you wanted to ship anything in, so a lot of these companies have to ship stuff in, like in crates and things like that, they charge them $1 per pound. And so $1 per pound for some of these displays, and if you're a coach and you've been in there, you can you can tell that there's a lot of big, heavy things in there. $1 per pound just to ship it there, just for them to receive it at their loading dock. That, they don't do anything else. They just receive it for you. $1 per pound. So it's a racket. So I had to come up with a new plan. Okay. So I said, I, I, my man Clay Carter was with me. So we decided to get, uh, take a trip to Home Depot. And I got everything I needed in and out for less than $200. I got carpet, I got tables, I got chairs, everything. I loaded them up and then I made some donations before I left. So we had to come up with a new plan. I'm not dealing, I'm not doing that. I think that's embarrassing that a company would take advantage. And so, I actually called somebody and was talking to him that does these shows, but for another business. And he's like, these companies take advantage of these people. That is insane. Okay. For, for the cost of one chair, you could buy 10 brand new ones and throw them in a trash can. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so 
um, that's basically what we did. We bought them and, and left them there. So uh, we made some donations uh, to Sportscope. So as a partner of Quick Cut, so Sportscope, we gave we got this from tables because they were packing their crates up. So if you work for Sportscope, you'll be able to um, have a little company party on, on Quick U. So we we gave you all of our tables and chairs. So enjoy them. I hope you enjoy it because I'm not I'm not carrying them back to Oxford. They're staying here in San Antonio. All right, moving on. Uh, but anyway, AFCA convention was great. We met a lot of new coaches. Uh, like I said, with Quick U, had a lot of lot of excitement there. Um, got a, I mean, we were looking probably 22 schools, uh, so we were very, very excited uh, and where we're heading with that. So definitely we'll be back. We may have to figure out something else on this boost stuff, but we we figured it out and uh, had a great trip and look forward to all the new relationships that Quick U and here at Quick Recruiting that we have with these universities, and we're excited for that. All right, moving on. I want to talk a little bit about this college football playoff committee meeting yesterday. This is like the third one, I think, third or fourth one. I've got to where I even stopped watching. I know Greg Sankey put out a tweet yesterday showing where he was just like, I mean, what do I do? He's out sitting outside the meeting, not even in it, saying, you know, that, you know, whatever, you know, he's not getting anything done. And here's the problem, okay? And you have too many – this is the best way to put it. You have too many chiefs and not enough Indians, okay? Until we get one chief – Somebody has to be in there that says, thank you for your ideas. Hey, SEC, thank you for your ideas. ACC, hey, I appreciate your thoughts. Big 12, I appreciate your thoughts. Pac-12, hey, you, thank you. But this is what we're going to do, okay? It's just like any organization that you have. If you have a business, and if you're listening to this, you either own, own a business or you work somewhere or you've had a job, okay? That's why there's a boss, okay? At the end of the day, there has to be someone that has the authority that's going to make a decision. Okay, just like when I ran recruiting, okay, I will take everybody's opinion, okay, and and take it into account in the decision. But at the end of the day, you have to make a decision, okay? When you're recruiting players and you're in a staff room, and this is the way, it's just like a staff. You know, sometimes I really like this guy, okay? I'm a really big proponent of this guy, all right? And I go, and guess what? The head coach doesn't like the guy. And the head coach decides we're not going to take the guy. Or on the vice versa. There's been players that I really didn't like. I wasn't high on. Okay? I thought we, had, we were on better players. But the head coach said, no, I like him. We're going to take him. There has to be someone that makes decisions that says, this is what we're going to do. Period. And until the college football playoff committee has somebody that says, this is what we're going to do. You got all these conference commissioners in there that are pulling their own agenda, okay? They're, everybody wants to take their ball and go home. They want it their way or they're not going to do it. And so they're trying to use their leverage as of you need my vote to get what they want. This is worse than Congress. It really is. This is worse than Congress. Because at least in Congress, whether you believe in it or you don't, you got at least got a president that can veto stuff, right? So this is worse than Congress. This is worse than the U.S. government trying to make a decision. And we know how bad that's been, okay, trying to get laws passed. And that's been going on for, like, the history of this you know, since, like, 1776, right? So until college football has a commissioner or has somebody that says, we are going to do this, this, this is what it's going to be, okay? Because everybody's jockeying for their own position, whatever that position is, okay? So it's really frustrating for as a fan. And look, I know we talked last week about 
I think it's best to go to 16 teams. I do, okay? But I don't care. I mean, I, I mean, if it's 12, I'm not going to cry. I mean, I just want what's better for college football. And you can and you can say what you want to. The betterment for college football is to expand the playoff, whether it's 12 or 16. And, and we can have arguments on either side. I'm okay with that. It's okay to disagree from time to time. But I think we're all in, a line, all in agreement that it has to expand. And you know what? And I'm an SEC guy. And I'll just be honest with you. If it was up to Greg Sankey, I mean, he doesn't care because he wins either way. He gets, he, he's the only conference getting two teams in anyway. So he can either get two teams in, or if it expands, he's going to get three or maybe four. He win, It's a win-win for him. But I have no idea. what. And, and here's the other thing. It, 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 we're, this is a billion-dollar decision. I think the report was out there today or the other day. It's like $450 million, and that's before TV rights start. I mean, this is a billion-dollar deal. I mean, what are we doing? Let's get this thing. Let's get somebody in there that says, this is what we're doing, and I'm okay. But you know what? It's just like when I was in a staff room. You know, that was one thing that I always tried to pride myself on, okay, being a part of a staff. You know, I was not a yes man, okay? I wasn't. And any any coach, you can go ask Matt Luke, you can ask Nick Saban, you can ask Joey Jones, you can ask Steve Roberts, you can ask anybody I ever worked for. Okay, ask you freeze, it doesn't matter. All right, I will let you know my opinion. Okay, and I may we may even have some good discussions about it, and I may be pissed when we're talking about it, whether it be a player or a play, could have been a play call over the years, whatever it is. But when we left the room, I left that room like if it wasn't if the, if the decision went against what I was wanting to say. And my against what I wanted, I left the room and sold it like it was my decision, okay? Because that's what a, that's what you do. And so the problem is, is you, you got to get somebody in there, and these commissioners need to leave. Like, hey, this is the greatest thing ever. And everybody be on the same team and make a lot of money and make college football better. This is not a hard decision. I don't understand what the deal is, but um, I guess that's what you get. All right, moving on. I uh, saw this yesterday. Um, I actually had a good buddy of mine, Joe Palsic from uh, Western Michigan, brought this to my uh, uh, attention. So Joe and I worked together at Alabama, and he's been in the MAC for a long time. Was at Miami of Ohio forever. Um, now he's at Western Michigan, and he actually we were we were talking at the convention, and he and he sent me the tweet so I could I could save it. I wanted to talk about it. It's really the first time of I've seen any any hard numbers. Uh, this wouldn't take me but like thirty minutes, and I haven't had time, but. I'm going to pull up. I'll probably wait till after the second signing day to do this. Um, but there's the first set of numbers really after this December signing day. And it's very disturbing, but it's exactly what we've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks and months on this podcast, okay, about how the portal is affecting high school recruits, right? And so if we have a lot of new listeners. And so for those joining in, basically in a nutshell, every time a kid transfers, you're taking that, that player counts as two initials. Okay, two initial scholarships, not the 85. Okay, but up until this year, each school only got 25 initials. Okay, now this year they can go up to 32, but still, when they take a player out of the portal, that same player counted for two. He counted for one out of high school when the initial school signed him, and he's counting again for the new school, uh, which is signing him, you know, through the transfer portal. So that's one less spot for a high school player. So here was a number that that and, and I didn't come up with it. I'll make sure I give credit where credit's due because I wrote this down. Uh, scoutingohio.com. They did a study and they showed all these years of how many players out of the state of Ohio, um, which is I would say, and and being realistic, Ohio's a top five probably state, 
top six, seven, somewhere there. You got to say Florida, Texas, Georgia, uh, California, obviously. Uh, Louisiana's up there. Uh, uh, then Pennsylvania, Ohio, and then that's where you get into Alabama, Mississippi, all, all that. So, but they're up there, right? It's one of the more fruitful states in the in the country, uh, for sure. But last year, okay, last year in 2020, the state of Ohio had 126 Division One commits. So 126 in the year 2020. This year, in the 2021 or the 22 class, this this class is at 66. So half. So we've taken half the players. Now here's what's the important thing. It's not the portal. The portal's been around since 2018. Okay? And those numbers never really changed. If you look at numbers from 18, it's really the same amount of numbers. Okay? Very, very little difference. But what changed was immediate eligibility. Okay? And that's, that's, and it's, that's what's turned it into free agency. And that's what's really cranked up the market. Okay? So you're looking at half. So you're talking about the state of Ohio when you had 126 players a year ago. Now you got 66. And some people are like, well, maybe Ohio's not as talented this year. No. You can sell me on North Dakota not being as talented this year. No offense to North Dakota people. But there's never a lot of Division One players come out of there. I mean, there's some states that we only have one or two signees, right? Ohio has been in – is 126 is really low. They're in the 120s, 130s. They've been as high as 160. Um, all that, but when you're when you're talking half, that's a problem. And so I'm actually going. I'm going to get with our guys at Quick Recruiting, and we're going to do a study right after signing day this year, and we're going to kind of do the whole whole uh, whole country. Um, we'll separate it up and do a little study, but that's not good. That's not good early numbers, as they say. So uh, that that's got me worried a little bit. All right, moving on. Um, Sunday, we'll talk a little bit of coaching carousel here. Here. Talked about it last week, Sunday's Judgment Day. Okay, you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday or whenever. Sunday is Judgment Day for UCLA. Okay, they got to decide. Hopefully, before then, they come out with something. Uh, like we talked about last week, the only bad decision they can make is to not make one. I wish, you know, I like coaches. I don't know Chip Kelly. I wouldn't know He wouldn't know me. I wouldn't know him if he walked in the room. But I do like coaches, and I hate to see coaches get fired. Um, I would, you know, kind of like for them to renew him. Um, I actually like watching him play on TV. I like his offense. Um, I like him in the game, but they got to do something. Okay. They either got to pay the guy or they got to get rid of him. Okay. One or the other. And then we'll see. And then if they, if that job opens up, it will be somebody with a name is going to get that job. It's going to create, it's going, it could possibly start the carousel back up again. All right. And then the other thing that could get the carousel cranked up just a little bit is uh, yesterday, Black Monday in the NFL, which was usually – it's a week later than normal because of they, they had an extra week in the NFL this year. But uh, we had the Bears, the Vikings, the Dolphins, and then you have the Jaguars are obviously open. And then, um, you know, the Raiders, I guess you could say, are open even though they're in the playoffs. They need to hire that guy, Versace. They need to hire him. His daughter actually worked for us at Alabama, uh, did a great job. Uh, great dude. Um and kind of as a ball coach and got them to the playoffs after everything they've went through with the Gruden and the Henry Ruggs thing um, to get that team to the playoffs that hasn't really been an effective team for a long time. Good for them, man. And, um, you know, they got to go play the Bengals, who's slowly and surely becoming uh, my bandwagon uh, NFL team because I really like Joe Burrow for some reason. Um, and in the playoffs this weekend. But 
apparently that job will be open. Now, how does that affect college? Okay. There's going to be some names to look for. Um, Harbaugh has been mentioned, has had success in the NFL. Um, and people say, well, college coaches to the NFL. Well, you know, we got to pump the brakes a little bit, okay, because Harbaugh was an NFL coach that came to college. So it's not like he's never been there or done that. Um, but he's going to be mentioned for some jobs, I imagine. Uh, Bill O'Brien has and will be mentioned for a ton of jobs. Uh, the Alabama offensive coordinator, who was the head coach at Houston, obviously, and really did a great, like, he really did a great job as a head coach until he tried to get into the personnel part. And then, you know, personnel world in the NFL is totally different, right? So in the NFL, um, very few coaches have what they call complete control, okay? For fans, and we have a ton of college football fans that I don't know how much you actually know about how the NFL works, but, you know, most of the time the, the general manager in the front office, they pick the players. I mean, a lot of times they pick the assistant coaches and everything, just depending on your setup at your at your uh, organization. And then the coach coaches, you know, that's it. Now, he may go evaluate a kid, or, or I guess they're not kids at that time, they're men, evaluate a player um, and go work players out. But for the most part, the, the front office picks the players and the coaches coach. Well, he wanted full control in Houston, and then that's when – uh, they they had a, a bad year, which is very easy to do in the NFL because literally anyone can win on a Sunday. Um, and then he got let go, but he he did a really good job and with really less talent and you know didn't have a lot of marquee players, especially at the quarterback position while he was there. Okay, I and mean, he's one with a lot of different quarterbacks. Uh, so Bill O'Brien will be one, and then uh, the one that keeps coming up. I've heard the rumors, just like everybody else, um, is Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Um, he's been connected to the Vikings job. Uh, he lived up there. He's from up there. Um, and that's just rumor. You know, I'll believe those rumors when I hear them, you know, a lot of rumors going on that I don't put a whole lot of, I, I'm rumored out just to be honest with you. Um, when it happens, I, I, when, when it happens, I believe it. Uh, if, if Lane, the only person I'm going to tell you this, there's only probably two people that know the truth. And that's probably Lane Kiffin and Jimmy Sexton. Besides that guys, it's all rumor. Okay, so we'll see. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, but I will say this. You know, Lane was, again, Lane's coach in the NFL. And he was like the youngest coach. He was like 30 years old. It feels like that was forever ago, right? Um, I think Lane would be a very good coach in the NFL. I really do. Um, I think it fits. Um, and, look, he's sitting there at 14, what I think of what, 13, 14 in draft. That's uh, prime Matt Corral territory. I don't know. It'd be fun. I think it'd be fun. Uh, to see, and probably I imagine if he were to get that job, my man uh, Chris Kiffin, his brother, who or Chris and I are really good friends, who I love to death. Uh, imagine he would he would go up there uh, with him. But look, you, you don't know. Who knows, man? It's just it's rumors. There, I mean, and they're and at the AFCA convention, they were flying, and uh, so we'll see. I don't know. I really don't know. I can't. I mean, I, I don't know. So that's that. So sorry, Ole Miss fans. All right. <laughs> now, I will say this. The thing that I want to talk about this, too. The interview process in the NFL, this is not like college, right? This is not something they, – they're in no hurry, okay? I mean, there's really not – they interview 10,000 people. I mean, they may interview 15 or 20 people for a head coaching job. And some of these interviews last an hour. Like, I've never understood that. So you're fisting to turn over your organization to a guy you've talked to for an hour. Um, I would figure the inter interview process for the NFL head coaching jobs would be more – more than that, but these interviews go really fast. And the other thing about the NFL head coaching jobs is a lot of times guys get the jobs and you have no idea, have never heard of these guys. 
Okay. So high profile things aren't as important there. Uh, they don't have boosters to sell to. They have to, they have to sell tickets, but look, the NFL is undefeated. Okay. You pretty much can hire anybody. And if you're, or, and it's all about the organization, people are still going to be um, bears fans. Okay. Win, lose or draw. Okay. It's the most loyal organization probably following ever. And that's just what it is. All right, moving on. Let's talk a little bit about the NIL uh, money and recruiting. A lot of conversation about that really, you know, post signing day, there's been some inordinate amount of money been thrown out there about how much Texas A&M paid for their class. I mean, somebody, and I never even saw the tweet. I've been told 47 different times by everybody that was Texas A&M reportedly spent $30 million on their signing class. Good for them. That's my response. That was my response. Whatever. Can you believe this? They did good for them. Here is the truth. If you like it or you don't, if you're a fan of them or if you're a fan of somebody else, here's who's winning in recruiting. Just like we said when this rule got passed six months ago, please go back and listen to the podcast. The people who are going to win in recruiting, there is a, it's the wild, wild west right now. Said it in July are the people who are organized in NIL, period. Because players listen to money, period. That's It's legal cheating now. It's essentially what it is. It's legal cheating. It, you can't hate on somebody for buying players if it's legal. That just means they were organized and had fans or businesses or however you want to call it that were committed to winning. And they put their money where their mouth is. Okay, everybody knows the person that's like, Man, I'll bet you anything you want to bet that such and such is going to do this. Well, let's bet it. And they're like, well, no, you're going to give me points? Well, you just said they were going to win. No, I'll take four. No. They're putting their money where their mouth is, okay, and they're putting it in recruiting. And if they're spending $30 million, that's a good job because they're going to get whoever they want to. I know we were talking a long time ago, the $8.5 million have been, a, been an ideal where to start. If they're spending $35, $30 million on recruiting, they're going to get who they want. OK, and at the end of the day, you can say, well, Jimbo Fisher, this Jimbo Fisher is a, is a ball coach, period. If you like him or you hate him, he's a ball coach. If you're spending that much money on players and you're getting good players, which they are, they are loading up. It's just a matter of time. They you can't help but win. OK, you can't help but win. That's going to be like taking Shaq to a seventh and Shaq is on your team and you're playing seventh and eighth grade. OK, you're going to win because you're that much better than everybody else. Um, and they and they are. They're doing it. I mean, they're spending the money. Good for them. They're organized. Don't hate the game. Don't hate the player. Hate the game, right? I mean, it's okay to be mad that your school's not doing it. They need to get better organized. That's the truth. Um, something interesting, and I know this because I, I called. So I won't say the kid's name. I, I, we recruited the kid. I know the coaches at the school. And I called, and I saw that it was a very high-profile player entered the portal last week. I said, what's the deal? I thought that everything was, I mean, why is he entering the portal? He's a good player and you're at a good school and what's the deal? He's like, he just wasn't get, getting his share of his NIL money. And so basically he puts his name in the portal to say, hey, I'm leaving. And then all of a sudden all, he gets all this NIL money to stay and takes his name out of the portal. So he's basically jumped in the portal to get his NIL money up. That's the next move. You're going to have players jumping in the portal to get their NIL money at their own school up because such and such got this. And they're going to go test the market. I mean, this is insane. But look, we said it when they did it. They've opened Pandora's box, and there's nothing they can do about it. And the kid, look, kids are smart, man. I'm just telling you. Kids are smart. They're always going to find a way around. They're always going to find a hole, in, a loophole in the system. So now they're entering the portal because they can come back out. 
they're entering a portal and say, hey, we're leaving. I'm going to start entertaining offers. Okay, well, here, here, here's this much money. This is the NFL free agency. This is what it is. Just like Aaron Rodgers, when he becomes a free agent, he don't have to go back to Green Bay. He can go get the best money. Now, he may want to really stay at Green Bay, and he may take less money, but that's more than he was making before. It's testing the waters, okay? And so don't hate the player. Hate the game. That's what you That's what you wanted. That's what you created. Now you've made your bed. Now it's time to lie in it. Let's see if I can come up with any more expressions. Um, but that's happening. And then the one that's probably really the most disturbing thing is how, and I know this is going on, especially one particular player, uh, a quarterback. And if you don't know who it is, then you don't need to be listening to this podcast. But going into the portal and basically literally taking the highest bid. You're out there driving your price up. So going into the portal and saying, hey, here's the number. And then everybody starts offering you money, and then you go and you go to the school you really want to go to because he's got his pecking order. He knows where he wants to go. Well, hey, such and such offered me this. Can you match that? And if they can match it, great. Well, can you get close? I mean, there, it's just this is it's what it is. It's NFL free agency. But literally going to the highest bidder. I mean, this is a business transaction. And it's getting and, – and they're riding their momentum of being a good player. So that, that is what it is. So, all right, last thing we're going to talk about today is the championship game uh, last night. And I, I really wanted to wait until Tuesday to tape because I really wanted to watch it. and ha- You know, I knew I was going to have some things to say, and, and, I, and I do. Um, first of all, it was a very personally, you know, and like y'all don't give a shit, but for me personally, very difficult game for me to watch because I have close friends on both sides, okay, and – which is unusual, you know, sometimes you do, um, but, you know, you know, being on, you know, having friends on both sides, you want everybody to, you know, you don't get many shots at these deals, man. They're, they're kind of once in a lifetime deals. And when you get a shot, you want your friends to have success and you know how hard it is in this business to get to the top. But uh, Georgia, Georgia uh, won, obviously. And look, um, it's no secret on here. Matt Luke's one of my best friends. You know, Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann, Trey Scott, even Bobby Barham that worked uh, with me in recruiting at, at Ole Miss is at Georgia. Uh, can't be more happy for those guys. And, and congratulatory, text them all this morning. Uh, they're all fired up. They were still asleep. I think they stayed up a little bit late. <sighs> my buddy, you know who you're talk- oh, I'm talking about. Stayed up a little late, had a good time last night, which they deserved it. Um, very, very, very happy for those guys. Um, just it, it's – it's it's very difficult in this business. You sacrifice a lot personally in your own life uh, for this, and and you know the game when you get in it. But it's it's something that's just uh, it's really special for those guys to get a chance to get a ring and, and get on top, and, and just can't be more happy for those guys. But what a great uh, college football game! The score is probably not indicative of how close it was. Um, I actually said it was going to be a 10-point game yesterday before, uh, but I, it was a lot closer. It, even though it was a 10-point game, it was a little bit closer than, than it ended up being 15, whatever, two-score game. It was a little bit closer than that. Uh, came down to the last possession. You know, he uh, throw the pick, get the pick six. And uh, so if you if you bet on Georgia, then you won, and you were probably very ecstatic because uh, it it could have been – it could have gone to overtime, which I thought it was for a second. But uh, here here is the biggest difference in the game, okay? Georgia looked like Georgia looked. Okay, the whole year except for the SEC championship game, they came out and they got pressure on the quarterback. They played like they played uh, all year long, and Alabama's health was a story. Okay, they were banged up coming in the game. They didn't have Mechie, uh, who they lost in the SEC championship game. Jameson Williams gets gets hurt. 
Uh, hopefully that's not too serious. It didn't look good. Um, non-contact injuries are never good, especially at receiver. Um, like I couldn't watch it. I saw it live and I did not watch the replays. Uh, just I have a thing with that. I can't watch uh, when kids get hurt and you know, it just sucks. So I don't – that stuff about makes me puke, so it makes me nauseous. I can't watch it. But Georgia was able uh, to get pressure. The biggest difference is they were able to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, and I don't care who you are. Uh, when you get pressure on the quarterback, you're going to be successful. And they got after him, and they they really didn't get to him at all in the SEC championship game. And he, you know, had the two healthy receivers, was able to get guys open, was able to make plays, especially down the field. And Georgia was able to get pressure on the quarterback, period, the end of the day. Besides that, the game was pretty much the same. Um, with Mechie out, the back end was light. Um, and then the entire momentum of the game changed when Williams got hurt. You know, before he got hurt, I was like, man, I think Alabama's going to do this thing and do it again. And they were had all the momentum. Uh, they were moving the ball effectively. They were playing great on defense. And they were – and then when that happened, the whole juice changed in the game. The whole – I mean, the play calling changed uh, to what, you know, uh, Bill wanted to do, Bill O'Brien wanted to do. Georgia was able to kind of pin their ears back. I think, you know, the reporter I was listening – I did not watch all 50s channels of everything that was going on all the different cameras they had. I literally watched the TV, just a regular TV ESPN copy. But uh, the silent reporter said that even Dan Lanning said that, hey, you know, one's out, no more excuses, let's go. Um, so it definitely changed, you know, the thought and how even how Georgia was playing defense, they could load a box and get, you know, get after them a little bit more. Um, but at the end of the day, this was an NFL game. And I'm not talking about the players. There was elite scheme going on in that game. Okay, defensively. All right, and then I gotta do. I gotta do this. I know we got a lot of defensive uh, coaches listening. I know I got a buddy at Georgia at Georgia State that listens. I know we got a buddy DJ Elliott. Uh, a lot of defensive coaches listening to this. My mission. We gotta. We gotta come up with a different word of calling a simulated pressure. Okay, so for the fans, I know DJ told y'all, but a simulated pressure. You know, it's not a zone blitz. Okay, so you're only bringing four. Right, if you brought five, it'd be a zone blitz. But simulated pressure is too many syllables for me. Okay, zone blitz is two syllables. Let's go. We got to come up with some term because we can't say the words simulated pressure all offseason. We got to come up with some word for it. Okay, so we don't have to say sit here and talk because I'm from Alabama and I don't know if I'm going to be able to say simulated pressure all offseason. Um, it's going to be it's going to be everybody's doing it, but now I can't even I don't want to talk about what it, this this is going to be the craze now. Offensive coaches aren't dumb, just like when zone blitz became very popular in the 2000s, right? They're going to figure out ways to scheme it, all that stuff, whatever it was. I remember when zone blitz came about, the first thing we did was, you know, start scanning the back. You know, there, there's going to be, you know, offensive answers. And then, you know, then you start attacking the seams and everything else, formation of the boundary on zone blitz, and then zone blitzing goes away because it starts getting attacked by offenses. But right now the defense has the pin last. They win. They got simulated pressures. But this offseason, everybody's going to study it. I think the two biggest uh, I'll be interested in, I've talked to a lot of coaches, obviously, in the last couple of days. I think you're going to see simulated pressures uh, be studied more. Um, And then you're going to see the odd stack look that that Ole Miss, that Arkansas, that Tulsa, that defensive scheme is going to be studied at Iowa State and probably implemented in more schools than just those four or five. So, those probably would be the two big offseason moves. But 
going on talking about the game again last night is at the end of the day, um, and I know because I talked to the coaches on both sides, obviously, but th- that game was all about – it was an NFL game. And in, in an NFL game, you're going to have elite scheme, but your premier players have to make premier plays. You have to win your one-on-one matchups, okay? If you watch the NFL, okay, the Green Bay Packers are the number one seed in the NFL because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. The Kansas City Chiefs are the Kansas City Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is that quarterback. And then they have Tyreek Hill that can win one-on-one matchups. They have, you know, Travis Kelsey. You have elite players that can win their one-on-one matchups. That's what makes the NFL game the NFL game. It's not about X's and O's. Everybody knows X's and O's. Are your X's better than their O's? And you have to find the places that they are and attack it. And that's what that game was about last night. Um, I think that's why you saw Stetson Bennett throw like he was trying. They were trying to throw with Stetson Bennett in that game like he was Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. Not because they were like, we're going to take Stetson Bennett and we're gonna, he's going to win this game for us. No, because they had better matchups because Alabama was beat up in the secondary. And they had a ton of – I mean, they had people that hadn't started all year starting in the game. And they, they had – you know, and they had players at receiver back that they hadn't had all year. Okay, and they were trying to attack those matchups. They were trying to win those one-on-one matchups. Okay, and so uh, the other thing, and give my man Matt Luke a lot of credit, the offensive line for Georgia minus, like, it was basically Will Anderson versus Georgia. Okay, but besides, I mean, Anderson got some pressure. But I don't know if if y'all noticed or not, but on third down, you know, a lot of times when Anderson was getting pressure, he wasn't coming off the edge. They bumped him down inside, and he was going on the right guard at, at Georgia, who wasn't. He's probably, if he said which one was the worst one, they were going after him. So they put their best on their worst. That's how you're getting, getting, you know, pressure and winning those matchups. And that was every. I mean, it was. But you can't just say, "Hey, hey, Will, on this play, I want you to line up over the, you know, at three technique over the guard." No, that's what I'm talking about. The scheme was designed, and when I say elite scheme game, it was designed to get your best player on their worst player. And it was like every play on both sides. And just to see that chess match going back and forth was really impressive from a coach's standpoint. I hope you all enjoyed it as fans as much as – that may have been the most enjoyable game as a coach I've college football game I've ever watched. And I think all the college coaches, the ones I've talked to, um, feel the same way. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Alabama and Bryce Young. Um, very impressed. Um you know, when I saw him at the beginning of the season, he looked like a freshman quarterback. Every single week, he got better and better and better and better and better. And he ends up winning the Heisman Trophy, which is pretty good as a freshman, right? Well, here's the scary part. He's back next week, next year. And so is Will Anderson. And I don't – I mean, I'm sure it's happened um, at some point in time. But you're looking at next year, the 2023 draft, not not the 2022 draft, the 2023 draft – where Alabama is probably going to have the number one and number two overall picks in the NFL draft playing for their college football team next year. And Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Like, I don't see anybody else kind of cracking that unless you just, unless one of the top two teams just don't need a quarterback. Okay. And I would imagine somebody would try to trade up. But I, I think if I, if I was a betting man, and there was some kind of wager you could put on right now, I would bet that the University of Alabama has the number one and number two overall NFL draft picks on their team for next year. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And then they added Jameer Gibbs to the transfer portal, who could easily win the Heisman Trophy as a running back at um, 
Alabama. I know Pat Suttis and those guys at Georgia Tech recruited him. He is a freak show. Uh, he went in the portal and is now going to Bama. Um, that's scary because he's probably he's an elite elite running back. Immediate. I mean, he he's very similar to Alvin Kamara. He's just really good. Um, but they're and they're adding talent. And you know the other thing is like I'm going to get off a soapbox real quick, but the portal people don't understand the portal. I mean, Alabama can go sign 25 guys like they've always done and go sign seven first-round draft picks in the portal. Like, who's not going to go to Alabama and be a part of that? I mean, I don't know. Um, But they're going to be really good. Um, Georgia has to reload, um, and they will. They've been recruiting well, too. Um, So they're going to be good, too. Uh, JT Daniels is coming back. I don't know if that's official yet, but he is. He's coming back. So do they go get a quarterback, an elite quarterback or whatever? They're going to get who they want to get. They just won a national championship, and they got NIL money, okay? They're going to get who they want to get, and they're going to be good too. Um, but I will tell you this. If I had if I had to wager right now, um, I think Alabama is going to be dominant, um, almost like they were a year ago. They were young. And I think you saw when Jameson Williams went out, you saw some of those young receivers and things that they could do in the game yesterday. They're going to have a whole offseason. And when you got leadership like Will Anderson on defense and uh, Bryce Young on offense, and you got all that talent coming back, and now they're pissed off because they lost, okay? I would not want to be on their schedule next year. I'm just telling you. They're going to be – it's going to be scary. I, I, don't even, I don't even know. They might as well go ahead and ship it to them, okay? Um, they're going to get after it next year. I don't see – I mean, I think there's going to be some good games, sure, all that stuff. I see no way they don't win it right now, and I think that's a safe prediction. And I think they they listed the the odds. They're not low enough. I mean, if it's even money, I'd take it. I mean, that's where, that's where it's at. If it's even money, I'd take the bet. It's the safest bet in Vegas probably right now. Um, but Georgia will be good. Georgia will contend again. Uh, I think Texas A&M is going to contend. I look forward to next year with Tennessee and South Carolina, see what they're doing in Arkansas. Those teams coming up and then Ole Miss and see what they do. they got to reload and rebuild everything, so see what how they do. Um, and the last thing, I'm going to close on this. I thought this was a really cool moment last night to see uh, Nick Saban, Coach Saban, so Deion Sanders didn't get mad at me, Coach Saban genuinely happy um, for Kirby. It was like a dad, um, almost like a you're proud of your son vibe, if that makes sense. Um, I've, say, I've said this before. I'll say it again in case you're new listening. You know, there's no doubt that, you know, Kirby's like a son to him. Um, if you if you had to he had to rank his favorite assistant of all time or anybody that's worked there, uh, Kirby would probably get vote number one, two, and three. Um, and he's been with him everywhere, LSU, Dolphins, wherever, right? And then uh, been I mean, ever since the GA, he raised him, and he was you know he mentored uh, Kirby, and uh, their relationship is is something special. And he was you know I think that's the way he would want it, you know if. Um, I think if he he had to lose it, you know, losing to Kirby, he was like it was like he was proud of his kid. He wasn't. I mean, he was mad. He wants to win. He's a competitor now, but he wasn't. Um, I think you saw there was a flash there, and I think I've talked about. I'm sure I have on podcast at some point in time. I think America last night for the first time that I can re- genuinely remember. Um, I think America got to see Coach Saban for who he really is. Normally in the building, when people don't see him every day, you know, and they 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 see him as an angry, you know, guy. He's a good dude, man, and he he cares about people. He's a very caring, caring person. 
the stuff he's done for charity. And he, I mean, he's a good person. And um, even though people, you know, they don't like him because he wins too much. They don't like him because he yells and he's angry all the time. Um, but you got a glimpse, you know, at that 50, at the 50 yard line. And then even in the press conference, you got a glimpse at who he really is. And, I, and that's uh, it's the first time I've seen it in public. You know, every once in a while he'll make a joke and be funny in an interview and you get little glimpses, but that's really, he's a good dude. Um, but you know, it was, uh, it was special for those guys at Georgia. I know how hard they've worked, uh, to get to the mountaintop. Now they got to stay there, which is the hardest thing. And, you know, I tell people all the time, that was another thing is like, it's one thing, it's easy getting to the top. Now staying there is the most difficult part, but look, let's get a week. Let's enjoy it for a week. And when you start worrying about next year, next year, but, um, enjoy it. You know, you may, you know, usually have a 24 hour rule night. You should have a 72 hour rule at least for, uh, for the uh, for one of the natty. So, all right, we'll be back with you next week, as always. And uh, make sure uh, you check us out. If you're a college coach, make sure you get up with me um, at Quick U. Again, it's uh, we're rolling now. Uh, very excited about what we got going on. Uh, it's the best recruiting software ever put into market. If you just give me a few, if I haven't showed it to you yet, take a peek at it. Uh, it will really change, make you more efficient, make you better. We're really excited about that. Um, also can't wait. Hopefully next week I can make some more announcements on some friends and where they're going. Um, don't want to bust the uh, bubble there. As uh, my man Neil McCree likes to say, let the kid have his moment. We'll let the coaches have their moment and their announcements. But uh, hopefully we'll have some news next week on some assistant coaches moves um, and even some recruiting news next week. But until next time, take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.